This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Think about the word illuminate. It has many meanings, but I'm going to focus on three. Number one, to supply something with light. Number two, very different, to make something clear and easier to understand. And third, even different, something that is intellectually or spiritually enlightened. And to be enlightened, it does help to have some kind of innate intelligence. And while intelligence comes in many forms, including emotional intelligence and cultural intelligence, what if you could apply artificial intelligence to illuminate an entire world of endless possibilities? to better understand the world around us, and to develop tools which shine a light on all of the elements necessary to change it. Our guest today has a mission to illuminate those endless possibilities, integrating artificial intelligence or machine learning for a variety of reasons for a variety of companies. And as an innovator herself, she shines lights not only on software and hardware necessary to make changes in artificial intelligence, but created a global community connecting people in the AI space, and it's called Illuminate AI. And the mantra of this organization, learn from each other, inspire one another, grow together. And my guest is my friend, and full disclosure, my former student, who I am so happy to be collaborating with. And her name is Ashwara Srinivasan. And Ashwara, welcome to A Climb to the Top. It's absolute pleasure for me to see you and, you know, to collaborate with you on this platform. Well, thank you very much. And I am grateful for the time you've taken to come on to the show. When we often, a lay person like me, who's not an engineer or a data scientist, when I hear the word artificial intelligence, it conjures up something I can't understand. So for many of the people who are coming onto the show who may be as dumb as me, what is this thing? How do you explain it? Um, I would I would like to negate that point that anybody is dumb because with artificial intelligence we are trying to give the power of thinking to machines. That's that's what artificial intelligence is. We want machines to make their own decisions rather than having hard coded solutions. So previously most of the solutions that we had, which were even computerized, were hard coded. Like humans were feeding in that logic of operations into the computers, but now we are trying to build computers which can think for themselves. And that's that's what's happening with artificial intelligence. And when we think about it, it sounds like a very broad scope. How do you narrow it in a world that makes it seem practical for a consumer? Indeed, as you pointed out, artificial intelligence is a very, very, very wide scope. Data science or machine learning is just like a very small part of it. Artificial intelligence can range 
from anything right from like the uh, Nest, Google Nest that you have at home or like the Alexa that you have at home or even a smart refrigerator or any kind of like, you know, washing machine that's that's able to sense how much load is there in the machine and able to, you know, detect how long the uh, cycle should be. So any of these applications could be artificial intelligence, right? So machine learning is just like a very small subset of artificial intelligence. The applications of AI can be ranging from automobiles or like into automation or even into like uh, smaller software-based applications using which we navigate every day. Right. And when we consider your background, Aishwara, what I know, a couple things come to mind. And if you look Aishwara up on LinkedIn, few keywords come up, data science, engineer, but you work for this company that I think is over a hundred years old, a company that touches as many of us in our lives and it's called IBM. And we think about IBM historically as big blue and it created all these machines in the past, but you now work for IBM in the mission of innovation. Tell us what you do. So uh, right now I'm in a role which is called AI and ML Innovation Leader, which is first of its kind role in IBM itself. Um, as Ooh, you mentioned, congrats. IBM- <laughs> Thank oh, that's you. great. So as you mentioned, right, like IBM is a hundred year old company. There have been processes and things working in a certain way, but with changing times, IBM also is changing the way they are conducting their business, the way they are communicating with the customers and the way they are producing content and services. So uh, my role at IBM is uh, working together with the product team, with the sales team, with the marketing team, and with the data science team. So it's a cross-functional role, and I'm trying to uh, use my skills as a data scientist to make better products, uh, make the products being very useful or helpful for growing businesses, and make sure that you know all the marketing piece uh, is also tied together because. Uh, the best kind of products do need to be marketed well as well. So yes, I'm sort of like interconnected with all these different teams and working cross-functionally. Great. Now, before we get back to your roots from India that brought you to New York and then to California, just tell us about your program of study where we met in the classroom at Columbia. It is the School of Engineering. What was your master's degree in? So I did my master's in data science, which was a Columbia was one of the very few schools uh, back then which was offering masters in data science, which had very specific uh, focus and courses uh, with respect to like data science and machine learning. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I did. Right. And then at the undergraduate level, what did you study that led you to this path? So my undergraduate studies was in computer science and engineering. But uh, early on through my first year of engineering, I did connect with a lot of folks in the US and all all across different countries. And I got to know about something called data science. That was just blooming. Everybody was researching about it. There was no hype of it in the industry, but most of it was in research papers. And this isn't something which is a new concept, right? Like uh, machine learning or the models that we talk about right now, they are probably been there since 50s. But what's happening now is that the gap between the resource availability to run these kind of algorithms have changed. Now we do have the resources and that's when the the second wave of machine learning came up where uh, we started using these technology into practice. 
So I started learning about this in my undergraduate studies. I was very uh, interested in the space. So I did my minors in data science and machine learning while I was in my undergrad. And that sort of naturally transitioned for me to doing a master's in SAME. So in a way, you were on this path, maybe not exactly what you knew what it was going to be, but that this data science, AI, machine learning was prevalent in your mind as you thought about your career aspirations. Yeah. I, I want to I go back to you have spoken fondly of your mom who worked at, at a college and as a child, you used to hang around. Uh, it Describe, because it seems to me this is where either you learned or you already had a curiosity, a matter of being inquisitive about the way things work. Tell us, share us your experience with your mom and the role she played that led you to having this wonderful life. <laughs> So both my parents were, were working and um, they found it not very safe to leave a kid like as small as I was back then uh, alone at the house, at, at the home. So um, I used to hang out a lot with my mother in her in her B school. And it sort of was very interesting for me because I was encountering uh, MBA students every day. I was encountering professors and my mom herself was working in as, as a research officer. So she was doing data science before it was school. And um, funny story, she has been using uh, IBM's software, SPSS, which is still in the market, by the way, since 1990. That's a very uh, good thing. <laughs> it's both nostalgic and quite quite a synchronicity between the world where you were as a child and now you're in a very different place. That's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, I was very interested in what she was doing. She was doing more of uh, statistical learning or like causal inference. That's, that's what she was researching upon back then. And uh, she used to use all kinds of tools like Tally and IBM's SPSS, et cetera. And that kind of uh, interested me a lot because um, she being not coming from a technical background, like uh, she only studied till like uh, 10th standard. Uh, and then after all, all her education was uh, was self self study. So uh, she got into the computer game pretty quick, I would say, and uh, that sort of interested me. Like I used to love hanging out with her in in her office and learn from everything that she is doing and what other people were doing. So I got into the coding uh, and programming background pretty early on in my life. Right now, here you are, but there's something even more important, um, Ashwara, as you and I were following each other, and it's fairly easy in this day and age with social media, particularly LinkedIn. Something struck me on your LinkedIn profile when we finally reconnected. You left New York, you're in the Silicon Valley, you and I kept in touch, and then I looked at this and I said, wow, what is this? And I looked at the word community, and I looked at the word, and I saw the mantra. I want to read it again, even though I opened with it. This community has a mantra of learn from each other, inspire one another, and grow together. That's just a lovely mission of any organization that you call Illuminate AI. Please tell us what were the origins of Illuminate AI and what is the mission? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think most of the experiences that I've had even since, since I was in school or when I was in undergrad and even in master's, I cannot, I cannot thank people enough for their role in my life because I have always had mentors and not just one mentor. I've always had multiple mentors throughout my life who have been helping me with various aspects of making decisions. 
right? So um, I, I truly believe that whatever I could, you know, like I'm avoiding a lot of major chaos uh, has happened because I've had the right people uh, helping me and make, helping me make the right choices. That's where I feel uh, there's so much to learn from each other. Like all of us have had different experiences and there's nothing better than learning from each other's experience. And that's, that's what I wanted to do with the Illuminate AI community because I have learned and grown in the data science field. I have had my struggles. I have had my challenges. And if there's a way that I can help the community and help people who want to establish their career in the space, and if me helping them or guiding them in the right direction saves them a few months, then nothing better than that. That's beautiful. And then as you thought about it, did you create this on your own or did you have others who helped you to to establish this? So I started it off as a very small community and I thought of just bringing together a few mentors who were, who were my friends and, uh, and colleagues. And uh, somehow it just grew and it became out of control for me to just handle it. So now I have a team of 10 and all of us are working on different sections and building and growing the community and serving better mentees. So we have a lot of mentees, a lot of mentors who are uh, working together and helping each other. And I, I cannot be more happy to say that we have had a lot of mentees who came with the mission of getting uh, getting right jobs, getting into the grad school, et cetera. And a lot of them have left the uh, mentorship program. Uh, initially, I used to think that, oh, like it's a sad thing that, you know, people are leaving the program. But then giving it a second thought, I was, I was saying to myself that it's indeed a very good thing that they came in with a mission and they could accomplish what they wanted. And that's when they left. So well, it was, what, it was what, what, you're, what you're describing, it's very much the circle of life. You create a space that allows people come into the circle and they came with good intentions and you given your time and your expertise to help them. But at some point, not that they feel that they don't need any more help. I'm hoping and accepting on faith that you have inspired each community member who decides to now leave, that they can help others draw them into yes. their circle. Does, does, it, does it work that way? Yes, absolutely. So once people who have gotten, and uh, this is one of my, um, like my mentees as well. So one of the person I used to mentor is now a mentor in Illuminate AI Group. And he's also a uh, an ad ardent blogger. So he's writing a lot about data science articles. And he's he's been mentioning that he loves doing that because not only is he creating content, not only is he creating uh, knowledge wealth, but it also encourages him to read more every single day. Right. You know, I, I, I would imagine in this field, it's a never ending string of information, but I want to get to a couple other things then. In this community, and I will, at the end of this show, we're going to let people know how they can get in touch with Illuminate AI. To be a part of this community, is it because one is focused on AI or if one isn't, but they're just curious, is there any requirement? So uh, the mentors and mentee batches, the program itself is focused for people who have maybe a, a little bit of direction in what they want to do. Mm -hmm. But we also have like a learners group, which is like a bunch of people who are just curious about learning what's happening. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's an open group. Anybody can join that group and and learn from all the resources that we are creating for everyone out there. Right. And I would imagine they come into this circle and everything we read about artificial intelligence what does, or even uh, let me ask it another way, 
at IBM, do you talk about what does the future look like with machine learning? Do you even get that broad? Yes, we do. Yeah, you do. And I wondered because someone has to design the future. I suspect it doesn't design itself. What are these things you talk about? Because I'd love to be a fly on that wall. So, uh, Chuck, one of the major things, right, like, as you mentioned, like, thinking about what's going to be the future, I'll tell you why it's very important, because we are sort of preparing ourselves for what could go wrong. So that's, that's, that's what was more important, because we have been talking a lot about trustworthy AI with like, you know, building ethical systems, how we can make the systems which are more transparent. And all of this are still somewhere theoretical, because these are not applicable right now. These are not like 100% applied right now in the industries, but this is forcing into the future. Some of the pilot projects which companies have released have had these ill effects on the society. And that's what helps us extra that in the future and say that what are the possibilities in the future and what could go wrong? How can we fix it if we know that this is something that's going to happen? Can I examine that just a second? Because this is an interesting part, because there are those who would consider the machines are taking over, and yet there are others that are saying the history of the world is the history of war. It's the history of conflict where human beings, if we just set aside the technology, we have been at war with each other since we can remember. Now, I'd like to think that AI is going to do everything it can to help a more peaceful world, but it's an interesting approach where you have to think about what could go wrong. Yes. And is what could go wrong either war, uh, nuclear explosions, accidents that tsunamis, are all these in addition to man-made events, do you also what could go wrong on, on natural events and how to help them? Yeah, absolutely. One of the major concerns is with mental health, with how uh, how people are interacting with technology. That's that's what a lot of us are concerned about. Right. Well, I, I would think we look around now in the world of this next generation coming up. They don't know what the world is like without this. No. <laughs> but what I know, and I'll, I'll, I'll show my age here because I teach undergraduates, but I also coach at the executive level. And what I'm finding is the generation that only knows a world of social media and apps, and they spend an inordinate amount of time inside the machines. Yeah. How do you help them to not be on machines all day? Um, well, I try to like set examples myself because I am, I'm still an old school person. I still do not like to spend a lot of my time on gadgets. So I still take my notes on pen and paper. I still read books, which are, uh, like hardcover, making my notes all over them. So yeah, I, I've still not grown out of that. So I, the best way I can, you know, preach anything to anybody is by example. So if, if people see me doing so certain things certain way and if they ask me that hey like if for me right like my phone is just I the only thing I do with my phone is call my mom and <laughs> that's literally it like uh, a lot of my friends do tell me that hey Ishwara you have barely 100 pictures in your gallery and I'm like yeah I don't click pictures and they tell me that you have gone to like so many beautiful hiking spots and I'm like yeah it's for me to enjoy the nature for me to capture that beauty with my eyes and not click pictures everywhere I'm going so that's just me and it helps me like you know 
uh, get out of that electronic stress. I don't know if, if that's even a word, but that's how I want to describe it because I feel there is a lot of stress and uh, anxiety which people might end up with if they constantly use uh, technology far beyond what's, what's needed. So that, that causes you to compare yourself with other people, have certain kinds of standards and just look at everybody else thinking that, oh, they have a life in a certain way, whereas people are only portraying the best parts of their lives. So that sort of like uh, brings your mental health down. So that's why I believe that, you know, I, I try to like um, segregate myself from uh, the social media content as much as, as, much as possible. Well, Ashwara, I got to say, there's something really refreshing about a data scientist at IBM who takes notes with a pen and a paper. <laughs> I, <laughs> thank you very much for setting that example. Second, what you're describing, when you're out on those mountains and you're in Yosemite, wherever you may be, you are present in that moment and you are taking in nature. When a lot of people are just taking pictures or snapping something, there is a lot of social judgment that has occurred because people begin to read that, and it is causing a level of anxiety and depression. Unfortunately, as sad as it is, it seems rather prevalent in society. Mm -hmm. And while we don't want to blame necessarily the gadgets or the machines, we are very much in a world where this level of anxiety and stress is being accelerated or exacerbated by the machines. Are you conscious of that when you are building your future of the world? Is mental health somewhere in the horizon when you think about the world of artificial intelligence? So um, I'm not a perfect person to answer that question because none of the technology that I'm building is um, B2C, it's mostly B2B technology that I'm building, but I've been reading a lot about like how uh, platforms which are directly impacting uh, users like you and me uh, are being built, right? So I've been reading a lot of case studies about what the companies have to say about what they're building versus what governmental organizations have to say about what these technology can do. Right. It's any, at any point in time, I think it's a collaborated effort. Like companies being technology companies cannot take responsibilities of everything going on. So I was just reading an article yesterday in which um, one of the social media company was, uh, was saying that how do you expect us to moderate who are the people who are using the, using the application? These rules like internet policies are something that needs to be coming from the government, which makes regulations around uh, what, what's the age group that teenagers can get on such platforms? How do you moderate uh, teenagers' privacy versus giving their parents enough insights into what, what they're using the technology for. So it's going to be a collaborated effort between the governmental organization and like having a world forum and working on the standards and like including uh, the technology companies into it. It cannot be a standalone decision by technology companies. That's, that's what I feel. No, and I appreciate that. It just seems as we look, the world is changing so rapidly. We're now putting people in space at a rate we've not seen before, and it seems to be coming more. I suspect the machine learning plays a part in getting a rocket up into space. Do, do you guys, do, do you think of that stuff? I personally haven't worked on a rocket model ever. <laughs> Uh, that'll be an interesting thing. And if at all anybody is watching and you have an opportunity where you can offer me to work on rockets, I am very much <laughs> interested to do that. 
but yes, yeah, like uh, everything I feel with the automation, with with data science especially, uh, it has given the power to people to make informed decisions rather than having uh, perspective-based decisions or, you know, like including human emotions or human perspective into that. Now we have a standard on uh, judging what decisions to make. Now we have like a more data-driven approach that we see in almost every industry. Yeah, no, it's an interesting one. Well, let, let, let's finish up here. We have many people who are listening that may be interested in pursuing careers in artificial intelligence and machine learning. Yet, there is so much confusion around what do I major in? What kind of engineer do I become? Should I be a computer engineer and leave it broad? Let's speak to them. If there is someone who is considering that, what do you want that individual to think, feel, and even do when they are considering artificial intelligence, either as a major or as a career? So one of my mantras that has... Um... I would say like helped me decide my majors in is to be a jack of all trades initially before I got to understand what's what's the thing which I want to major in. Start with the foundation. <laughs> yeah. So I have, uh, when I was in my undergrad, I have explored a lot of different technologies. Like I, there were, there were weeks when I was curiously engrossed in making time series models. There were days when I was focused only on financial data. There were days when I was focused only on like computer vision models, et cetera. I've tried a lot of different things before kind of figuring out the, what, what is my focus and like, what do I want to pursue further, further. So it's just like tasting out everything that's out there, keeping it, keeping an open mind just gathering all the knowledge which is available and then making an informed decision on what's that that you like and what is that one thing which you are fine doing every single day right yeah i, I find many of my students uh, ashwar they want to do everything i want to do this i want a triple major and double minor sounds to me like you should pick one thing is that your preferred yeah. way to pick one? yes yes even though so i've tried like i've given fair uh, chance to every technology which interested me as at first like initially i used to think that maybe this is going to be interesting for me so i sort of like tried and tested out everything and then once i didn't like something i would stop pursuing that so it was I, I did know that I want to get into data science, but even data science or machine learning is a very vast field. So finding a specialization within that, I, I read, I read a lot of things. I read a lot of research. I read a lot of perspective of people who are in research and academia versus people who are in industry and working on specific use cases. Right. Okay. Let's finish up with, with Illuminate AI. Where do they find you or the organization and how do they get involved? So uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's that's the best way to reach out to me. Illuminate AI, I will be happy to share the link to the website uh, and you you can uh, go through the website. There are, um, the next cohort is gonna be coming out soon. So through end of October, we're gonna be having the third cohort of mentorship program. So if you're interested in that, feel free to apply. Uh, we also have AI Guild sessions. That's basically a series of technical deep dives into the industrial use cases of machine learning and AI. So if you're interested to present in that, you are uh, like, feel free to apply to that. And all the content that I create, everything is free of course, for everybody to access. So uh, there's a lot of resources on the website which you can uh, use. And I suspect your community, I, I, I saw it as I was prepping for the show. How many countries are represented here? 
Do you even That's a good question. I haven't really ever checked that. It's a very good question. I should maybe make an infographic on that. <laughs> well, it's just an interesting one as I saw many of the people who comment on your post. They're all, they seem to be all over the world. It's this wonderful yeah, global community. That's that's what I have seen. Like um interestingly, I've been reached out by people from all across the globe. Like people right. from people from country I have not heard of. So that's sort of interesting <laughs> because people reach out to me and I'm like, "Wait, what is that country?" And then I like go look up in the Map where that country is, and it's been like in Europe, in Asia, in Africa, everywhere around the globe. Well, that's a beautiful thing. Well, I'm Chuck Garcia. You have listened to a climb to the top, and thank you as always for tuning in. We have produced almost 95 shows, and it's been a pleasure. And we appreciate all of the comments. But to have wonderful guests like Ashwara, who is out in the universe, using her talent, her intelligence. her skills to be able to make a difference in the world in her world of artificial intelligence. Ashwara, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much Chuck for having me. Right, it was a real pleasure signing off. Good night. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.